0: Welcome to another episode of Unafraid with Josh and Nate. Let's get to the show
1: Hey Josh you know what I like about our relationship with each other
0: that we both have beards They are pretty glorious beards
1: they're pretty cool. No I like uh, I like your ability to tell stories I'm I'm not a storyteller. But I like to participate in stories being told. I like to interject when I have things to say. And I like to give my thoughts and stuff like that. I guess that's interjecting and all that stuff. But you, your mind is a beautiful thing in the way that it memorizes things and the way that you're able to dissect it and break it down. Like when we were talking just recently about the story of Joseph and you were able to go, I mean, that was, did we establish that was like an 11-minute intro to that podcast you discussing that story
0: yeah i mean uh, the we had a little bit of conversation before but yeah telling the whole story was probably like nine minutes
1: and you just you beautifully went through it and as you went through it i knew all that stuff but i was thinking in my head like man if i had tried to explain the story the same way that josh did it would have been a train wreck Like it would just, I would have been jumbling it up and mixing it up. And then, oh, yeah, but we got to go back here and talk about this. And then, oh, wait, let's jump forward. And it's just, it's just a beautiful chaos when I tell stories. Whereas to yours, it's something that's easy to listen to and follow along. So I was wondering.
0: Well, first, let me say thank you. And, but you know what sucks about that? What's that? Because it's your turn this week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) sir. (laughs) So what were you thinking? I was thinking that we're since we're talking about relationships and we're going to be talking a bit about Lot and his choices that he made and, and the company that he kept, then maybe you could recap this for the people that are listening and then we could do our little
0: back and forth. So you want to hear a lot about Lot? Maybe a little. A little about Lot? Yeah. A bit about Lot? <laughs> How many times can we say Lot? A lot. <laughs> Do you think we can say it more than we said John Murray? <laughs> Let's not try. Okay. Uh, yeah, so guys, if y'all remember, two weeks ago we talked about identity. Last week we brought up character, and today we are going to talk about, as Nathan aptly kicked off the podcast, relationships. So having an identity in Christ leads to having good godly character, then... We have to establish good godly relationships so that we continue to advance our character and not fall into ways that can obstruct us and keep us away from Christ. So, one of the stories in the Bible that we want to talk about with that is the story of Lot. So, Lot was Abraham's nephew, and as Abraham went out, to the land that was promised to him by God. Um, He took Lot with him. And through all their travels, they became very prosperous. Abraham gained all sorts of livestock and servants and herdsmen and basically just built up a lot from God's blessing of him. Now, Lot was in close communion with him. So, Lot, too living in the way of the Lord also built up quite a bit of property and livestock so much so that it got to the point that their herdsmen began quarreling because the land that they were living in together could not sustain the life for everything there. So they were quarreling over their livestock, like what, what livestock was going to get to eat where. So Abraham and Lot were like, Well, Abraham comes to Lot and says, Hey, before our herdsmen continue to quarrel and before we start quarreling over this, let's separate. And so Lot says, Okay, that's a good idea. You know, I don't want to fight with you, uncle, essentially. And so Abraham, being of godly character, looks out the land that was all promised to him by God Mm -hmm. and says, Lot, look wherever you want. If you go east, I'll go west. If you go west, I'll go east. Take the land that you want for your livestock, for your people. And so what does Lot do? He looks out over the Jordan, and he says, That land looks awesome. Yeah. It's the most pleasing to my eyes. Yeah. He goes, Let's go down to the valley, and let's go settle there. And where does he settle by? Right by Sodom. By Sodom. Most people, probably Christian and non-Christian, know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, I would assume. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about then what Lot did. So, Lot decides to settle by Sodom with all of his property. And at this time, it states in the Bible that Sodom was a town of wicked men that were godless and so pretty interesting spot to sit down and settle your camp you go from being with the father of nations that was promised to him by God and being super prosperous because you are staying in communion with him to now setting up your your tents next to a city of wicked men so what happens amongst all these cities down in the valley was they were all run by Kings at the time and the Kings, some of them start to get together and say, Hey, we're going to overthrow this ruler. Well, in the midst of all of this, Sodom begins to get plundered. And while it's being plundered, Lot is also kidnapped because he was living in Sodom. Now, So he went from living near Sodom to living in Sodom. So Abraham has to go and he has to rescue his nephew Lot because he knows it's the right thing to do. So they go in with men and they get Lot out and Lot then decides to settle back in Sodom again. (laughs) And then we skip a couple chapters. And in these chapters, we don't hear about Lot. For a little bit, mm-hmm. because the story is all being told about Abraham and about the promises that he's being made to have children of his own. Um, the fact of the matter that Sarah doesn't, after a period of time believe believes that she is barren and cannot do it, so she gives him a handmaiden. he has a child with that handmaiden, and then basically, God then sends angels and says, "You know, that's not the child. I promise you, you will have a child with Sarah, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And all all of this continues to happen. And then three visitors come to see Abraham. And the way it reads was three visitors, but then as they depart from Abraham, it's two angels leave, but then Abraham stays talking to God. So it's really interesting because. In that moment, I think it's like literally the three visitors was like God and two angels. If you read about it. And it's pretty, that's freaking cool to think about. It's like, God's coming to visit me. (laughs) You know, we talked about godly character last time. You got to imagine the humility that Abraham had to just allow God to be coming into his presence like that. That's pretty freaking cool. But regardless of all that, they are the two angels start to head down to Sodom because there was an outcry in the city that it was just overrun with sin. So Abraham sits there and he argued, doesn't argue. He relents with God and he says, God, you know, how are you going to destroy this city? What about the people that are righteous? And he goes, well, um, You know, if there's 50 righteous men, will you save the city? And God goes, you know what? Yes, if there's 50 righteous men, I'll save the city. Well, what about 45? Yes, if there's 45, I'll save the city. 40? Mm -hmm. Yes, 40. So on and so on, all the way down to 10 men. So God promises if there's 10 righteous men in Sodom, he'll save the city. And now we fast forward back, and the angels are approaching Sodom. As the sons of man approached Sodom, who is there to greet them? Lot. And where is he sitting? At the gate of the city. And the, there's some super important relevance to that because typically the people that were waiting at the gates of the city to greet. Were influential people. Were influential and leaders. So now Lot has gone from living with Abraham to living near wicked men to living with wicked men to now being a leader or influencer of wicked men. And it goes on to say that the angels then go into the square and the men of the town decide that they look very appealing and they want to have their way with these men. Now, little did they know they were angels And that might have changed their mind a little bit. (laughs) But they go basically and bang down Lot's door. And Lot says, no, men, no, men! don't do this wicked thing. Here's my daughters. They've never slept with a man. Take them instead. And at this point, the city of Sodom turns on Lot and says, you are but an alien in our town. How dare you judge us? So these men are so far wicked that they can't even be spoken to say you know hey have have my daughters instead which you know basically at that point Lot is offering up sex trafficking by saying here's my daughters take them even though they were already promised to other men. And so they're like no let's continue to bang down the door and so then at that point the angels pull Lot away, shut the door and they strike them in with blindness. And then they can't find the door. The angels say, Lot, do you have any other family in the city? And he goes, yes, I have daughters, a wife, and my two son-in-laws. And at that point, they said, okay, get them, because we're going to get out of here. This place is going up in smoke. Mm. So he goes to his son-in-laws and says, hey, boys, we need to leave. They're about to tear this city up. It's going to be destroyed. Son-in-laws think he's joking. And now it's getting close to sunrise. And the angels say, Lot, get out of here. You need to go now. We're about to destroy the city. Lot hesitates.
1: Sounds like the plot of most summer
0: blockbuster movies. Right? (laughs) (laughs) But the interesting part there is knowing that the city is about to be destroyed.
1: Get to the chopper.
0: Knowing that... Everything that he is living in is about to just go up in flames. He still hesitates. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh, but my life is here. Right? So much so that the angels have to grab them by the wrist and lead them out of the city. Son-in-law is left behind. Now they're leaving out of the city and they're like, okay, you need to go into the mountains. Well, he pleads with them and says, I can't go into the mountains cause we'll surely die. Please let us go to this small town called Zor, which Zor means small town. Um, So please let us go to Zor. And basically they said, okay, we'll agree to that. You can go to this small town, but we're about to destroy this city. So don't, we can't do this until you get to this small town. So get there as fast as you can and don't look back. They get to the small town and it begins to go up in smoke in Sodom and Gomorrah. And so, then what does Lot's wife do? She looks back. She does exactly what the angel said not to do, and she looked back, and instantly God turns her into a pillar of salt. So now Lot loses his wife. All because they still wanted to be living in the place that was wicked. And there's another little nugget to this story, which isn't super relevant to the conversation today, but I do think it bears uh, interest in adding it in because it was in the Bible. But it's kind of the last part of that story is that they ended up in the caves anyway, up in the mountains Mm -hmm. after this. So they had to leave the small town that he pleaded to be in where he ended up losing his life and had to go up to these caves. And because his family was raised, in this wicked town. He then had two daughters and himself alone away from everyone else. And all his daughters knew was we need to carry on our, but our bloodline through our father. And so they get him drunk. They both sleep with him. They both get pregnant by him. And then they have two nations called the Moabites and the Ammonites. And then that's the story of lot. And, you say, okay, well, why <laughs> why the story of Lot when we're going to talk about relationships? And I think it's really interesting because if you look at every point along the way, the company that Lot was keeping led to the decisions that they made in life. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're just going to kind of break that down a little bit and see you know, what we can do to keep better relationships in our life so that we don't stray off the path.
1: Yeah, I mean, when he was living with Abraham in community. He was it it seems like he was making the better choices in life and that he was honoring God and things that he was doing. But was he really honoring God? Like was was that his intent? Because you see his true intent as he separates from Abraham and he goes off to go and, and stake out his own claim in life. You know, he he he's given basically what was Abraham's rightful decision which was the piece of land that he got he he makes the choice for the prettiest piece of land he makes it based off of what was more appealing to him based off
0: what was right next to that piece of land right and so what i'll compare that to and i think i've compared this before but what i'll compare that to is in the garden adam and eve were there they were told not to eat of the fruit and what does satan say as the serpent to them you know well, you surely die if you eat of this. Mm-hmm. And then it says, Eve looks at the fruit and sees that it's pleasing to the eye mm-hmm. and good for eating. I think that's a
1: reoccurring thing in the Bible, too, if we really look for it, that that, that a lot of these poor decisions are being made are based off of what the eye leads us to want, what what looks pretty.
0: <clears throat> right, which is why Jesus it, Jesus later on says, you know, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Mm-hmm. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off you know it's like you know if you really cannot handle the sin that's in your life remove it at all costs you know if if you can't look at the pretty things and not go towards them <laughs> then remove it you know yeah, pretty and it, things
1: don't always lead lead
0: to pretty things right and in our context today that's like you know if speaking on relationships so like if men if you are dating a girl and you can't keep your hands off her. Maybe you need to not be dating that girl or you need to marry her. You know, it's like (laughs) you have to make those decisions in your life to honor God appropriately in your relationships.
1: So I know in my, in my youth, especially I guess my twenties for sure. Like it was a struggling time for me. Like I was making a lot of bad decisions and, and not doing what God was calling me to do. And, 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 basing uh my decisions based off of other men's decisions and what they wanted to do because i wanted to fit in i wanted to get in where i fit in and i know that there i i know for a fact that there are several times where i was just like man i wish somebody would just come up to me and give me the choice you know say hey i want to give all this to you and then you know i'd have a great lifestyle and of that great lifestyle of course i would honor god in it and i would tithe and i would I would give to charities and volunteer and stuff like that. But man, where's, where's, where's when somebody would give me something. And it's funny that I think it's funny that I thought that because my dad actually had that offered to him when he was about my age in and not my current age, but back in his twenties.
0: Right. And don't go too far in that story. I'm not going to go too far in that story. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just, yeah. just let everybody know we're planning to have Nathan's dad on and that's a excellent story.
1: So, but the the short of it is is that you know he too was you know dating or just recently married to my mom, and they were he was trying to figure out his path in life and and trying to figure out how he's going to bring money in financially, and somebody very close to him offered him basically a partnership of sorts something a, a job that a position that would lead to ideally a partnership, if not the entire operation down the road. And it was very tempting because it would have instantly been, you know, back in that day, I think he said something like, you know, a, a six figure income. Yeah. Um,
0: well, and it, I think ultimately, and, and he was given an ultimatum he's, by, he by given the a, one he loved. And, and sometimes that's what we need, you know, from, from those that we love, we need that ultimatum um, to say, you know, if, if you do this, I don't know how we can be together, you know, and that, that's one of the things that God calls us to be—is equally yoked in our relationships, especially in marriage.
1: But my dad did something that he's always been better at than I have been, which is he chose to strike out his own path. He chose to struggle until he figured himself out, whereas to I've always gradu- i have always graduated toward the whole what's easier and and what's gonna what's gonna uh what's the path of least resistance for me. Right. And that's that's the difference between him and I. And that's something that I greatly value in my dad and that that I that I have been striving to be better about. Um and it just it makes me wonder like like how much different my life would have been had I been given everything that I wanted at such a young age. You know, like w- what kind of disarray would my life be in now? I can't even imagine because that's based off of all these stories that we've read because stories are our history and history is there to teach us about past mistakes, you know, and and past accomplishments. And so a lot of these stories about people that have lived their life based off of desires and wants don't end well for those people. And this is one of the situations where we see that. Yeah. But even knowing that, I still feel like, especially back in my 20s, I probably would have gone the easier
0: route. Yeah. And, and then we see the next step in lots life is that, uh, you know, as he gets basically kidnapped, um, during this war that he's now living in Sodom with the wicked men. And, you know, it's like, it's really easy to do that when we're sitting there trying to like dip our toe in the pool of, of the world, but at the same time, try to be grounded to be grounded. You have to be firmly standing. Right. And, And for us to be grounded in Christ, we can't be dipping our toe in the pool of the world. And, you know, when we're continuously not fellowshipping with other Christians, with our brothers. And we allow ourselves to be fellowshipping in the way of the world. It makes it really easy. I know, me too, it was really similar like back in my 20s. Um, You know, and even at times in our lives, we weren't the best influences on each other. Um, you know, we lived together for several years and there was times that we just made bad decisions together. Um, you know, and it's, but for me specifically, it was like, I got to where I was living with some friends that we were drinking all the time on the weekends, playing beer pong like crazy, you know, doing parties that were called anything but clothes parties where basically you create clothing out of material. And, like, you basically just live in this, like, he- almost a hedonistic lifestyle. Not quite li- that far, like Sodom was. But you just get to the point where, if you're trying to tow both ways, you're almost always going to fall to the way away from Christ. Because it's too pleasing to the eye. It's too tempting. So much so that while I was living here in this place, I literally... um. Got, I was working overnights at the time at CVS and got home from work on a Saturday night, Sunday morning. It was like nine o'clock. Church service starts at like 9.20 at Manchac Baptist at the time when I was going there. And I go to sleep and instantly I'm the only one home and I wake to an audible voice and all it says was, go to Manchac. And it had been weeks since I'd been to church because I'd been doing overnights and just exhausted by the time I got home. So I'm like, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm not going to go to church, maybe even months. I don't know how long it had been, honestly, but I go and heard a lesson on being blessed by God and being a blessing to others. And it was such a wake up call in that moment that I was just like, this is not me right now. This is not who I have been. I'm staying in relation with, people that I shouldn't be in relation with and it's causing me to live in the way of the world. Um, but just like lot, I didn't get out of it right away. I hesitated. And it finally took some circumstances of me, uh, losing jobs, that kind of stuff that I ended up having to move out and moved in with my grandmother for a short time. But it was just one of those things, like sometimes God is trying to grab us by the hand and pull us out and wake us up and say, hey, you need to leave. Mm -hmm. But when we have that toe in that world, it's hard, man. It's really hard. That's why it's so important to keep relation with fellow brothers and sisters. So, Lot is living in the city. He gets saved by Abraham. Now the angels are coming to destroy it and he's leading and influencing the city. But as we can see, I think he just thinks he is in some sense, because as the men are banging down his doors, they're like, you're just an alien to us, dude. Who Mm -hmm. are you to judge us? Yeah. You know? So, you know, maybe for a while, maybe he wasn't necessarily an influential leader, but he was at least hanging out with those guys. Right. So he thought he was a big shot You know, he thought he could have some say, but really it was just a fraud. Whereas last week when we looked at Joseph, who had good godly character, who lived a life for God, it wasn't a fraud. He was put in a leadership position and was respected. Whereas we see in this position with Lot, he's not respected by the people that he's supposedly in a leadership or influential role over. And they really just, don't care about what he has to say in that Mm -hmm. moment. And, you know, it's just like, it's pretty wild. But then it goes from that point and they have to get drug out of the city. Just like, you know, I said a while ago, I had to get drug out of, uh, my situation by circumstances changing. It's sometimes God just has to do that. He has to pull us out um, because we are not willing to pull ourselves out. And it says in the story of Lot that the reason God pulled out Lot was because he remembered Abraham. And I can't say that I really still understand what that means.
1: I think it's important to note, too, that, that, yeah, he was pulled out of the situation. But had he continued to fight God, had he been completely lost? he would have been left behind just like everybody else. Like had, you know, yeah, they tugged on his hand to, to get him like, no, come on, seriously, let's go. You know, and had he just resisted and pulled back his hand, they, I believe the story would have ended much differently, but he wasn't completely gone. Yeah. He wasn't completely lost. He was still,
0: he was still in love with God. Yeah. It actually reminds me of a story, um, about the Robertsons from, uh, doug dynasty mm-hmm. so there's a story Jep the youngest brother uh you know he was running around with their cousin zach and they were you know smoking pot and doing all these different things um and really just not living a godly life and finally the family just like all confronted him and his response was what took y'all so long like I like essentially like I've been crying out for help in my actions what took you so long and it's like so from that side of the relationship when we've now got ourselves in good golly character good golly standing, we need to recognize when our brothers are Trying crying out crying out for help and when their city is about to be destroyed so that we can help save them. We can be those angels leading them out by the wrist. So my daughter, she is now in middle
1: school and she's recently, I believe, started to find where she fits in, started to find her community of people to be around. And before that, I know that she struggled a lot, you know, in elementary school, uh, she struggled with with finding friends. She she was the odd duck out, so to speak, and and felt like the kids didn't like her, and and was picked on quite a bit, and would come home constantly upset, even in tears at times. About now,
0: real quick to interject, this is also a this is also during summer break that this story is about to take place. So they y'all had just moved away. Oh, yeah, but you're jumping ahead a little bit. No, no, I'm just I'm setting I'm setting a, a thing. So she had already had some friends. In her schools, and they were going to be going to the same middle schools, but then y'all moved away. And right. So,
1: but yeah, even those friendships, though, were still kind of, she was still learning who she was and, and and hadn't had her own stand, so to speak. I think I think there's this one moment in all of our lives, and this may not have been hers, but to me it looks like it was hers, where we all have that one stand that we take, and it, it helps start to define who we, who we will become in life. And this summer, she had that 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 chance. She had that stand um, where we, like Josh said, we had moved to, I guess, jump the story forward a little bit. We had moved, and we all of a sudden had to be on a different... We we're still in the same city, but we're a different side of the highway. And so it's a completely different geographical location for my daughter. And she had to make new friends and get established in a new neighborhood. And so... She was having a hard time finding kids to hang out with. There's this one particular kid, won't name his name, uh, just call him Sam, <laughs> that would come around and wanted to play with her on a pretty regular basis. And he seemed like the cool type of kid to hang out with. He was riding motorbike around the town, around the neighborhood and and
0: doing all the Cool boy stuff, and mind walk. you, they're like eleven years old. Yeah, so this is like kid walking around with like shirt off, like backwards no hat, no shirt, never a shirt. <laughs>
1: Always come to the door, no shirt a little on. Little
0: dirt bag. <laughs>
1: Anyways, uh, she started getting in with him, and we we saw uh, things here and there that that may seem like this wasn't the best friendship for it to be cultivating, but we didn't have enough to really go off of, and nothing serious had happened so we just decided to let it play out and see what happened from it
0: well besides one previous incident that he had tried to tell her to sneak out of the house that was was one of the original like big red flags
1: so before that, like I was saying, there were there were certain situations where it was just like I don't know if this was really the kid, but then there's times where she'd be like, Dad, he he's going to church camp this summer, and and I want to go with him to this church camp, but it was already in progress, so she wasn't able to go, and then she's like, Dad, I want to, he he wants to go youth group with me sometimes, so it's like, okay. He, he he's not, he's still okay, He's not completely lost. My daughter could be a good relationship, a good friendship for him to have, you know, I'm not going to end this right away. But then, yeah, she would tell us stories about like, yeah, he came over and you'd sent him away, but he came back to the window and was trying to encourage me to sneak out of my window and go with him to the park and stuff like that. And she knew better than to do it. And she told me about it. So yeah. I trusted Which, her.
0: Kudos to her. And we all gave kudos right. to her.
1: So I, I, I trust my daughter, and she went ahead and, and just told him, no, she, she wasn't going to do that. Um, so during the school year, Sam had started getting to altercations. Within the first week of school, Sam yeah. got expelled from school, like told him not to come back because he was just picking too many fights here and there. And w- my wife and I heard about this, and we decided that, you know, maybe this isn't the best person for Caitlin to be hanging out with. So we sat down and talked to Caitlin about it. And Caitlin said that she's, that she still wanted to try to be his friend. And we told her we were going to be watching this friendship closely and that she needed to guard her heart and be very careful with, with this kid.
0: Right. And then like the following weekend, I think we did like a garage sale and Ashley and I came over and that all got brought up. And if any of y'all know my wife, (laughs) when she thinks somebody is either being wronged or not good to be around, she's going to voice her opinion, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and it's one of those things that we sat down and we were all, we now as aunt and uncle, we're also talking to Caitlin about the situation and she just goes, well, I'm still going to be his friend. Mm -hmm. And then she gets up and storms off as, preteens like to do and runs into her bedroom. And I was like, okay, let me go talk to her. And And so, well, hang on. Let me, let me talk about what we talked about in the room. So I was like, let me go talk to her and see what's going on. And, and mind you, this is again, just like Nathan said, a couple weeks into school. So they had already hung out like all summer. It was like one of the only kids on our street. She was hanging out with, he was
1: expelled in the first week,
0: the first week of school. Okay. So then I go into her room and she's just upset. And but I he, was like...
1: He continued to hang around the bus stop after he's expelled. Yeah. He kept
0: coming over to the bus stop and gotcha. terrorizing the kids. Gotcha. Well, I... So I go into a room and I'm like, Caitlin, I was like, there's no reason to get this upset about it. We're, we love you. We're just trying to protect you. And we want to make sure that you're making good choices. And then she broke my heart. She looks at me and she goes, Uncle Josh, you just don't understand it's hard for me to make friends. And I was like, Oh, heartbreaking. Cause I've been there. I think several of us at least feel through life that we've been there mm-hmm. where it's hard to make friends. But I told her, I was like, okay, Caitlin, but, but you need to make the right kind of friends. You don't need to compromise who you are as a person to just accept any friend. You know, it's like you can be influential to people, but they can also influence you. And I applaud you because you've done such a good job when Sam has tried to, you know, tell you to do these things. And that's awesome. You know, I'm so proud of you for that. But you just have to be cognitive and aware. You know, if you want him to still be your friend, that's fine. But you also need to respect what your parents are saying. And I talked to her a little bit about the Bible. And I said, you need to be friends. And you need to make sure that you're not compromising who you are in Christ. And then something else happened.
1: So then there was a situation where, like I said, Sam kept coming around the bus stop even after being expelled. And there was one particular morning where he came up and he started picking on this other girl. At the time, Caitlin wasn't really close to her, didn't have a friendship with, but Sam started picking on her and... Um, I Don't know exactly what. Do you remember what tr- transpired? You probably remember the story a little bit better than I do. All all I know is that she, my daughter, stepped up and said, "No, you started this. You're gonna so, stop this."
0: So what I understood what happened was that Sam picked on this girl. Um, I don't know exactly to the extent of what he picked on, but then when it, when Caitlin confronted him about it, he denied. He punched it. her.
1: I'm pretty sure he punched oh, her.
0: Wow. Okay, I didn't know it was that bad, but he basically denied it. And she goes, no, Sam. I saw it. I saw it. You did this. Yeah.
1: You need to apologize.
0: Right. And so, man, she just stood up in that moment. and Knowing
1: it could cost her her friendship with with this kid.
0: Right. And I think also in that moment, she decided, okay, this is a friendship or relationship that I need to keep at an arm's length. Mm -hmm. And ever since, I don't think they've really hung out. No, Um, I do know that she, we were at like a choir event one night and he was there in attendance for some reason Mm -hmm. and she went up and like talked to him and fortunately we were about to take pictures with her. So we were able to just kind of guide her away. But so
1: she, she learned how to stay friendly with the kid that's being the bully, which I had never learned how to do. Like if there's a bully around me, I just avoided that as much as I could. You know, and, and she's choosing to instead try try to still be friendly. Yeah.
0: Not
1: she's not choosing to be friends. She knows right. that there's that there's no fruit in that in that relationship, but she's choosing to still, you know, if if this this kid needs she's seeing herself as somebody that can be there positively for this kid if the kid needs
0: it. Right.
1: Without even realizing it. I don't think she's even thinking I don't think
0: that. she does either, yeah. I don't think she realizes it. She just knows that you know her heart is so good and the fact that she just wants to be kind to everyone except her sister yeah <laughs> but that's her, that's really her heart is she does have a heart of kindness and you know it's just it's so impressive to just see how that she is starting to find herself and build those relationships
1: but i guess my learning moment from this has been that i i see her interacting with Sam and she could have easily just sort of stood to the side while this kid was being a bully yep. and not said anything, not, not stood up, not whatever. But because she did, she gained a friendship out of it. This was girl since started talking to her and this was a upperclassman compared to her. And so they started hanging out and doing some stuff. They're not, it's, it hasn't become an incredibly close friendship, but they're friendly now with each other. Yeah. Um, but I, I know that growing up, making friends, even into my early thirties, like I was easily the person that would they would get quiet when somebody was being wronged. Right. Because I didn't want to all of a sudden be picked on. Like if I stand up for this person that's being wronged, I could become the next target and I don't want that. Yeah. And my daughter put something into action at the age of eleven that I don't know if I've put into action yet in my forties.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really awesome. And to tie this all back to what we've been talking about today is that she now has a friendship and a relationship out of this, that because she acted in good character, it was attractive to somebody who maybe wouldn't have been her friend otherwise. And
1: Sam knows that she's not somebody to mess with.
0: Right. And, and the same thing goes for how we should act in our Christian lives. We need to be a beacon of light. We need to be that example that looks different from the rest of it and is willing to stand up to obstacles in our way and sin in our life and say, no, I saw this. You know, you're not going to do this to this person or stand up to our sin and say I'm not going to be a part of this so that we can develop
1: potential relationships and she was only able to stand up for what she felt was right because she's been learning yeah right from wrong yep and we need to we need to continue in our own lives to focus on what's right versus what's wrong
0: correct and so identity in Christ leads to good godly character leads to establishing relationships that allow us to let that godly character flourish and where we're going to go from here is next week we'll talk about purpose but Nathan you may have to do some more talking next week because I'm going to be pretty tired (laughs) guys next time we come to you on the mic I should be a proud papa a proud papa So, Josh, at the beginning of this podcast, Uh
1: I said what I like about your relationship with me, what I like about you Uh and your relationship. Right. What do you like about me and my relationship with you?
0: Do you remember how last week we said, you know, sometimes you should always be thankful but not look for thanks? (laughs) Thank you for listening to Unafraid with Josh and Nate. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can catch all of our new episodes. And please leave a review to help other people find our podcast.